Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 8, Episode 8. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Rafe from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. This week we're changing the format slightly. We're going to talk about a topic we're passionate about. And we're going to tell you who's wrong and why. Back, gents. Good to see you again. Yes, hello. Absolutely. Hello, hello. Rafe Blanford, you are looking weary. I, I am feeling a little weary. It's been a long working week. That's it. Rafe had to struggle out of bed for almost 11 o'clock this morning. It's a, <laughs> horrifying. I know, I know. It's a, it's a shock having left the world of blogging behind, isn't it? And yeah, having to get dressed every morning. I know. Get out the door. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm looking forward to this episode because I think we might actually see Blanford um, real. Because yeah. I, I think his innovations have been removed due to the ATR work week. There we go, which he competed by Monday afternoon, as far as I can tell. <laughs> is that right, Blanford? Yeah, because, you know, there's 80 hours in a Monday, isn't there, Ben? See, he's already been rude to me. Mm. He'd never Bring say it. that. This is going to be never good. say that if he was well okay. rested. So, um, quick $100 phone updates. Uh, right, yes. So, I, uh, if you remember, I have been using the G and the E. A real $100 phone. Yes. Uh, so... Put up and shut up, gentlemen. Um, I, I, I'm absolutely don't come loving. Don't, don't come the, late to my party and then tell me to shut up. <laughs> I'm just I'm loving the, the 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 glow. I'm still carrying the glow of your faces when Rafe made that call. Okay, so episode uh, five, it's going well. Um, the E, E is excellent. Um, has been really good. Um, I just notice uh, um, if I'm really pressuring the phone to do multiple things, it's just a little bit slower than the G. Rafe? I've kind of got some sad news, really. Have you? Oh, dear. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered? I, I was juggling SIM cards, as you do when you're a, a phone geek. Yes. And uh, I took uh, a SIM card out of the 530, but because it's uh, a different SIM card size to my other phone, I was using an adapter. And without thinking about it, I stuck the adapter empty of a SIM card back in the phone. Oh, no. And then when I tried to get it out, I broke the SIM card contacts. So it's now currently non-cellular smartphone. Oh, dear. Um, so I have still been using it, but just as a, a, a Wi-Fi device. But I'm actually going to do a, a, a year and, and switch to the 630, which is still a $100 phone, so I can continue in the challenge. And I thought, actually, report back a little bit about that. It would kind of be interesting to see what it's like just going up one to yeah. in the yeah. Windows phone device world. What about your soldering iron? How are you getting on? Well, um, so I'm actually now using it, using my phone on quite a regular basis. I'm thinking I'm getting a lot of phone for my money. Camera's not much cop, and the screen is only so-so, but it's fast, it's a big screen, it's a big device. Um, I... I People were surprised when they were in the office when I told them how little it cost because alongside all the other look devices, yeah. yeah, I mean it's not it's not doesn't look premium, but it does mm. look big. the The only problem is that hardware one that I mentioned in previous episodes, the charging problem. Yeah, the charging port is is, is I think is terminally wonky. It's not going to be fixed. No amount of me poking with it. So I can charge it up, but it's mm. a bit of a pain. It's making using it difficult because I can't just leave it charging on its own. I have to kind of balance it precariously. Excellent. Bring okay. It on. So, um, this week, what are we talking about, you and We are uh, taking a break from a, a, a standard topic, and we are having three rants. And I think, actually, this is probably an ideal time to do it, given his, and I'm, I'm, I'm pointing over at Blanford here, who's 
sitting Another in great a stupid audio cue there. Smiley O. Blanford yes. is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be really interesting today. Don't push. Uh, <laughs> no, we will, Blanford, we will. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do three rants. Each of us has cho- chosen a, a topic that... Um, winds us up a little bit in re- in reference to the uh, the mobile world and i think we're just going to go around each person i think we'll say our piece and then we'll comment upon each piece and ideally blanford will flip out in the next 10 20 minutes well i think since rafe looks like he might not make it to the end of the episode i think we should let him go first so rafe what is the subject of your rant my rant is actually about geek attitudes to microsoft and my contention <sighs> is that yeah, I, I knew this was going to come. I, I'm just kind of walking just into a straight from Novia into Microsoft, fight, right? Fight. So my contention is that uh, geeks who want uh, cross-platform services, i.e. if you've got an Android phone and a Windows phone or an iOS or some combination of the three main platforms or maybe even uh, BlackBerry, though. The BlackBerry argument doesn't work quite so well for what mm-hmm. I'm going to say. You should choose to use Microsoft services over the Apple equivalent or the Google equivalent or even something like the Amazon equivalent. Um, you can look at something like email, but actually I think that's a sort of separate topic on its own, but I would sort of put out a, a shout for sort of Exchange as being the ultimate cross-platform kind of email solution. Certainly makes me cross. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you, Ben. But actually this was more in reference to uh, the fact that Microsoft under Satya Nadella, the new CEO, has basically said we don't care about building things just for our own platform. We're going to make them available for all mobile devices. And we've Mm. seen a couple of news announcements in the last few weeks around this, most notably Office going free on mobile devices. So it's going to be available on the iPad and the iPhone for free and Android phones. It's going to be an Android tablet version soon. You can also see the kind of the free web version as well. Mm. You see the sort of similar thing happening with uh, OneDrive available everywhere as a cloud storage solution. And actually OneDrive, if you've got an Office 365 subscription, is now unlimited storage. So all kind of a bunch of smart moves that if you're using mobile devices across multiple platforms, it actually makes sense to go after the Microsoft products simply because you can ensure that they will work on every platform and have a kind of a similar experience. Plus will work well, of course, on the Windows computers. Is that for the next few years until... This chap is removed because Microsoft isn't making any money. It, it, it's an interesting question. I mean, they aren't doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Mm. It's because mm. they are the third player in mobile. Um, but actually, as a consumer, you can kind of take advantage of that. Um, whether this strategy lasts in the long term, I mean, it's a bit like asking whether Google will continue to support iOS as a first class platform mm. when it sort of drops down to 10% and actually everyone's using Android devices. Now, I think, they, of course, they will because it's just a high-end valuable users but so the contention really is kind of the runtime having about this is that everybody kind of writes microsoft off in the geek world and they aren't very polite about them and there's a lot of kind of toxicity around the brand for people who remember when microsoft were in the monopolies uh, in trouble with the commission evil, and so, evil yeah, microsoft, evil, yeah evil microsoft and i think Apple and Google are, you know, just as evil in the same way, in the sense that corporations you know, can be evil and out to get you and mm. tinfoil brigade and all of that kind of thing. Actually, I think Microsoft is the sensible, logical choice if you're going to use, you know, an online document collaboration service. Go for uh, Office; it's better than Google Docs. Well, yeah. hold on a minute. So we use Google Docs for our um, uh, our podcast yeah, management. And we're wrong. Why? Because we should this be using- elegant. It's simple. But it's lacking in functionality. It keeps going wrong. If you download it and try and use it on a 
uh, desktop application, it doesn't work. Well, yes, Ergo don't do that. You just carry on using it. So you're, say, you're, you're saying I should use Google and have less functionality? Well, I don't know if you need so all these So a suboptimum experience. I mean, that's not really like you usually go for the premium Rolls-Royce experience. And you're, you're settling for something less. Why should I trust a firm mm. that was able to make Windows XP? Hmm. Uh, Windows XP still... was the most popular computing platform. But, Is that a bad thing? Well, yes, but it, it was it was such a nightmare of compromises and problems and poor software and horrible UX that a, a, can a can a firm completely change what it, what it believes in, the way it works, its core kind of attitudes? Because a few years ago, all right, I mean, I, I maybe a few more than a few years ago, but relatively recently, it put that out as its flagship product. And now we're supposed to believe that it's, you know, it suddenly believes in in flexible everywhere. It believes in free. It believes in you know Unlimited. good good user experiences. Actually, and I tell you what, Rafe Blanford, while I'm asking you questions and not giving you a chance to answer, yeah, keep going, keep going. Outlook. I was using um, I was using um, Outlook for my iPhone the other day. You know the the app. Uh, and, and I see that Microsoft have thoughtfully brought forward the Metro tile-style interface into the iPhone where it jars horribly and doesn't work and breaks all your assumptions about where all the icons are, are going to be and things as well. So how is that? how are those kind of behaviours really representative of a firm that, that I want to you know to commit to wholeheartedly? Yeah, so I actually think you're spot on to be somewhat sceptical about this whole uh, whole transformation See, but, he, he crumpled surprisingly quickly this week. But at the same time... <laughs> well, let's move on then. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you're also wrong because you obviously want oh, to... Uh, okay, interesting. You, right. you want to trust Google, who is basically no, just out no, to that, advertise. That, that's you, and I don't want to trust Google. No, Google, Google well, I'm Google. paying for the service. I'm paying for Google Apps. Mm, so, yeah, uh, they have access to all your data. It, it's an important point, and actually I don't think there's any corporation that necessarily has your best interests at heart. They really are just about making money. But at the moment, the Microsoft strategy probably aligns more closely with geeks who want to use multiple devices. Now, I recognize that's actually a subset of users, so it's not necessarily the right one to go for. But even so, even for the ordinary consumer, the kind of the offering of free and cohesiveness across multiple platforms, I think it's probably fair to say that Microsoft has gone further down that road towards having the same consistent experience across devices. I think you can make an argument that it's wrong in Outlook sort of using tiles on iPhones, a good example of that. It's interesting to see with the latest version of OneDrive, they've actually started rowing back from that a little bit. Um, but it's you know the question, should you be consistent to the platform or should you be consistent to your sort of overall structure? And I think for a company like Microsoft, it's actually the opposite to the normal rule where I'd say be kind of the same as the platform you're running on because they're actually trying to create a case sort of experience not just on one platform but across a whole series of devices you know from actually that that's where google's hypocrisy shows through because I, I, I no, i'm not going to attribute it this correctly because i'm only half remembering it but i read a great blog post this week where google makes a big play when you build mobile apps and says use the standard sharing icon and that sort of thing you know for your apps used use the the sideways you know kind of greater than sign and this kind of stuff uh because you need you need to adopt the, the standard one not the uh, Apple, you know, square box with a line mm. out of it, kind of yeah. thing. And you think, oh, that's, that, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at all of the look at all of Google's iOS apps, and they use the Android icons throughout. They don't adopt the platform's native icons. Yeah. And you think, well, okay, it's a small thing, but it just shows that that if you're going to go multi-platform, you have to do more than just put your software on the device. So wait, so wait a minute. So what do I need to do then? You tell me, I need to go and move everything over to. 
uh, Office 365 and um, Unlimited, which is actually very interesting, Unlimited OneDrive. I mean, I'm drawn to that. I do quite like that. I think if you're using Google Docs at the moment in place of Office... Well, hold on a minute. We obviously are. Right? All of us are using it. At what point? You have not ever said, by the way, gents, we should be using Word or anything like that. You've, you've... I, I think you'll find that I have suggested when? it several times. When? In fact, I've done document collaboration with you using Word because I was the one that set it up. Just because Ben makes the wrong decision when he's setting up or you make the wrong decision when you're setting up, it tends to be the person who starts the document gets to decide... To be fair, it was relatively recently that Microsoft introduced the real-time collaboration, which was always the killer feature. Haven't you got to spend 600 quid to go and buy a word? No, you can have an Office 365 subscription for £79, and that will give you a license on five PCs plus unlimited OneDrive storage. Okay, and next And you're spending how much on Dropbox? Wait a minute. Okay, hold on, hold on. Fair point, by the way. Uh, Fundamental issue. Do you just agree with me? Yeah, in a small way. Um, A fundamental point is that um, Microsoft, they aren't doing anything on Mac at the minute, right? Yeah, it's 2011. Actually, I, um, I hate to, to, I hate to, to argue on what? it. What? It was literally this week as we record, they've put out a new version of um, Outlook for Mac, which is, looks like the new version. They've upnoted, updated OneNote and they've, pub- right. pub- and they've committed publicly to a roadmap in 2015 to update all the rest of Office. Which is my problem. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Outlook's That's fine. exactly what I thought well, you were. I'm not using Outlook on a desktop. Come on, I, I have enough of that at work, right? Um, it's just seriously, seriously annoying. But I, um, I, Actually, Word is important, right? Well, so I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong about the detail because right. they've said publicly that they're going to support all these platforms yeah. and yeah. they're doing it. But I, so th- I have recently joined a new organization which uses Office 365 and I've been doing all that kind of stuff and it's had me using those some of those apps and those services for the first time and you know Microsoft, seamless is it good Microsoft Microsoft iOS apps are not a success they are not a success they have one star in the in the in the uh, in the Apple App Store you know, for iOS. So, um, you, Rafe, what you're telling me is that um, it gives me the ultimate flexibility to buy any kind of device, but to have the absolute worst experience uh, of, of all. I think we'd probably have to investigate why they're getting one-star reviews. Because it's, it is objectively bloody awful, mate. Really. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, Microsoft has been very late to the game here in terms of doing mobile versions mm. of Office, but I think it's actually more about the fact they have made this change and it's a very different uh, piece of thinking to Apple or Google in terms of that cross cross approach, which is why I'm saying, actually, there are people out there who are very sceptical about Microsoft. Okay. So that's great. My contention is actually Microsoft deserves far more attention for what it's doing in cross-platform and the way it's doing it than it gets from most of them. And that kind of, it's a rant to sort of pay attention, look at it, it's interesting and by the way, you should also buy a Windows phone, but that last bit may be a bit more um, problematic. It's just continuous, <laughs> doesn't it? It's continual. I, to be honest, I really can't... Nokia, now is Microsoft. I just, I, surely there must be some sponsorship money in it. I can't believe that we are not being sponsored by Microsoft yet. <laughs> okay, you and McLeod, you're up, you're up next. Okay, so when I was talking with you last, last night, you said mobile is not a channel, it's a context. That was your summary of me going, why doesn't this work? Why doesn't that work? Why doesn't this work? This is rubbish. I'll give you a... Uh, I thought it was a lot more concise than you usually are. Yeah, I think you, you, you've helped, helped it. So mobile is not a, a channel. It's a context. Okay. It's my, my, my rant. All right. And back up a bit then because, yes. Mr. Cap- Captain, Captain Mobile Nerd, what do we mean by channel and context? Because if you're not, if you're not a developer or a, a designer or something, then, you know, 
What are those terms? Well, all, all too often you'll find that um, a company will have a website and a shop and maybe a telephone service, for example, and they might have thought, oh, we better do a mobile app as well. Um, and they'll, they will routinely deliver a different set of approaches uh, because they've gone and hired some idiot developer um, who either because he wasn't getting paid correctly, wasn't the budget wasn't uh, viewed correctly, um, will produce a lump of nonsense. And it'll all be run by different departments. Yeah, a department. It's a, a guy <laughs> sat in the corner, it runs the mobile app, which doesn't allow this, doesn't allow that. Hang on, hang on yeah. a second. What's your, job, what's your job title right now? As as we record this, okay, well, I'm presuming it's, you're it's not public knowledge, so yeah. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you. It's, uh, no, don't tell, you don't have to say the firm. Oh, you have. I think you have said the firm. Yeah, it's, it's just group, tell me your job. Head of digital capabilities for Nationwide Building Society. And what does what what would you say digital capabilities consists of? I'm not going to comment on that. No, but the, I mean, what what things might be considered digital capabilities? Well, I'm concerned about where you're going with this. Yeah, uh, you, you yeah, should. Be. I'm not okay. qualified to to speak publicly about it. Well, just in general, in in, in general, what are digital capabilities? What, uh, what is digital? No, we can't do that because we've now connected the context, right? So I'm going to talk about someone else. Okay, Daryl listens to this. Okay, well, all right then. Let me let's turn this. Let me make this about me. Hello, Daryl. Until until very recently, yes. I was head of mobile. Yes. Are you telling me that? Yes, I, that you're wrong. That I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. No. Right. Let me come back to. It. I'll give you a. Nice Nice uh, example of um, a, a very simplistic example of um, uh, a use case. Uh, let's just say that you want to go to the pub, um, and I. Rafe Blanford uh, wants to go to bed. He doesn't yeah, want to go you, to the you pub. Can, you can see a lot of these pubs nowadays, especially these kind of country pubs, nice country pubs, will have a website. There was one I was trying to um, uh, query uh, recently. Someone said, "Look, if you could meet meet us at the blah blah, that'd be great, and um, let me know what you want from the um, the menu." And I'm not talking about our our pub night, I'm talking about another one. Okay. Um, and I had the, the task for me was could I uh, access the menu on my mobile and also could I tell the group um, what time the, the pub was open? I said, yeah, that's fine, I'll, I'll sort that out. And I was, I was mobile. Um, so the context, i.e., I am walking and I want to access that data on my, my phone. Um, so I, I Google. Um, actually, and now I started doing just, okay, Google. I use the Google app on the iPhone or on the, the G or the E. Just say, okay, Google. Nicely recovered. Yep. Yeah, right. Thanks. Um, and I'll, um, I'll say, yeah, I'll say the name of the pub. It's, this stuff is really cool. The failure point is the idiot that runs the website for the pub. Now, for a pub, you can factor it up to multinational organization. But I just want to give you the example of this pub, right? Um, they've got the little website which has been made by some numbskull that isn't compatible at all with mobile. So it doesn't, it's not that, they just haven't not thought about mobile. It's not responsive at all. Um, and then they've used some kind of weird flash nonsense that I can't see on any device now because they must have made, I think the website looked fairly normal on a PC, right? But just didn't work on mobile. So I couldn't query when the place was open. They hadn't done whatever you need to do with Google so that when you bring up the listing, they ought, Google automatically knows and presents you the data. You know, you, a lot of people, you can actually add that into the Google directory they hadn't done that obviously none of them the, the pub didn't know anything about the mobile world um so what we did is went to a different pub really really annoys me i couldn't access the menu i couldn't access this and let me be clear i wasn't phoning them because by the way i couldn't find their phone number from the website 
So what? So what are you saying that they should? Because I think you, what, so what it sounds saying, to me. I was like, trying to simplify it. Into, I don't want to really talk about big companies. Yeah. I was trying to simplify it down to if a little pub so can't is, get my business because they haven't thought about the context of customers querying their data and wanting to to. So is your rant? Is your rant? Some pubs have rubbish websites. That's a very, very simplified manner. I was trying to make it nice and straightforward could, for the could listeners. I, could I maybe uh, help you now? Yeah, here. go for it, right. And actually say... Right, he, he so doesn't deserve this. I, I know, but actually I think it's a really interesting point to talk about mobile being a channel when you start talking about you know buying things, which we've done in a previous uh, episode. Yeah. Um, but you think about services more generally, mm. and that might be using a word processor, it might be photos or whatever it happens to be. The expectation now is that it will work across devices. And more than that, you'll actually start the journey doing something yes. on one device yes. like mobile, then move to another one. And there are very few companies that actually are really set up for that. And it's the example I always give is the Amazon WhisperSync, where you can use it from one device to another. And it doesn't regard, you know, being mobile as kind of, you will just read one book there. You'll move across those devices and I think this is where mobile as a context really needs to be kind of understood by the businesses. You don't have a mobile department. All of your services, all of your products need to be seamless across all yes. ways that yes, your consumer is, might choose to consume them. And mobile is arguably the most important context because as Ewan is suggesting, it's the one you know that actually people are using more and more. We've had things like YouTube announced just a few weeks ago, 50% of their views are coming from mobile devices We've got Google saying by the end of the year that 50% of search queries will be from mobile devices. So it's not just a sort of channel you have to forget about. Actually, it might almost become your main context, the main way you have interactions or touch point with consumers. Yeah. Are you are you saying, though, that, I mean, aside from the fact that your website needs to work on a mobile phone, you know, and yeah, duh, yeah of course it does, um, and, and probably more if you are attracting people in to, you know, mm. something like a pub. But are you also saying that, the, the information it gives you or the way it behaves should respond to the fact that you're on a mobile phone rather than a computer. Yeah, and don't make me have to go, go and download an app if I'm not currently... Because we've got all these kind of interesting challenges. Like you, now and again, you'll find a company, they've got an app, but you have to go and download that. To, and then um, you break the experience by visiting their mobile web and they say, no, no, please could you go and download the app? Because we spent a lot of money on that. Like, no, 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 I just want to find your phone number. No, please. And it is about that consistency of experience. And, you know, the consumer chooses which way they're going to interact with you. And that might be a mobile website. That might be a mobile app. It might be desktop. It might be a phone call. And it should work and be seamless across them. And I think the word is sometimes overused, but it's kind of mobile-centric omni-channel. <laughs> I know, no, I that, know. That, that phrase I'll is... two of them, please. That phrase, is, that phrase is not overused because you just made it up. Yeah, okay. no, I reckon he's written that at least three or four times this week. So, so, so actually, I dare you to say that a second time. Mobile centric omnichannel. Right, okay, look, look, hold and, on and, a minute, gents. Right. I, I just want to explain what Go this on. is because this is the idea that you know when you're talking to a company, yeah. a service, a brand, you may do it in several different ways, and that might be offline, it might be online, mm -hmm. it might be via an app, yeah. might be in a, a shop, might be over the telephone, social, and yeah. you think about. Typically, you will use multiple ones of those for whatever you're doing. Yes. Say you're you know, booking your service with a garage. Yes. You know, you'll actually turn up in a physical location as well as book it online and yes. check something on your phone. All of those need to connect together. The obvious way to glue them together is mobile. 
And that's yeah. why you talk about mobile context being so important. Right. Now, why this is important, I picked the example of a, a pub. And I know that that was kind of belittling this, this whole kind of context. Um, but I, I wanted to highlight that IAB released a study this week. Oh. Uh, Internet Advertising Bureau in the UK. Oh. Um, saying that mobile is now the number one device for product information um, for 16 to 34-year-olds. 81% of that demographic goes to mobile first for product information. And then, you know, as Rafe says, will then want to use mobile somewhere in their, their purchasing process beyond just the product information. That rises to 90% for the, um, uh, the, the younger demographic, the, the kind of 16 to 20 odd. And what's really interesting about that is traditionally mobile has been seen as an additional channel that doesn't convert very well. Yes. It's always got lower conversion than you know, desktop sites. But actually, if mobile is the first stage of that journey, you have to be present on mobile and have a way to easily transfer that research onto you know, another medium, another yes. context. Yes. So just to be clear, it was um, at 90% of 25 to 34 year olds use mobile first. Amazing, go. amazing. So that, that is, is a rant. It really annoys me because I'm one of the guys, I'm not unfortunately that demographic anymore. Uh, but I am. You surprised me. Yeah, thank you. Right. It's, it's my skin. But it's so young, right? I agree with you, Ian. Spot on. Great rant. Give me a hug. Absolutely. Thank you. Do you, do you think thank maybe you. we should ha- hear from, you know, give me a high five. Ben the Hulk Smith. Go on then. Go on then, Smith. What's your thing? So, um, First of all, before I start mine, I want to say that nothing I say in the next five minutes should be construed as party political. I'm not expressing any political views here because this isn't the place for it. So what, are you a fan of... We we all know you vote for the Monster Raving Looney Party. There's no no need to hide your shame. Exactly, yes. Um, So my my rant is about bloody politicians and technology. So uh, if you're outside of the UK this week, you probably need a bit of a back, a bit of a bit of a background. So um, in the UK, there are still some places that it is very hard to get mobile signal. Yes, this is not a surprise, and it's not unusual. Quite a lot of places suffer this, and um, like rural East Sussex, yeah, and on the train, yeah. and on the train, <laughs> and, and on the motorway. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's yeah. a lot of places, and the the problem the problem is that um, it. Many of those places don't have poor mobile coverage because there's something intrinsically difficult about delivering coverage to it. It's just that some operators have got masts in those places and other operators haven't. And therefore, if you happen to be a customer of the wrong mobile network, you get terrible signal. And if you happen to be a customer of the right mobile network, you're okay. And there's often, uh, there's quite a lot of NIMBYs so or not in my backyard now that it's very difficult to get new masts put up, especially in some locations. Yeah, pl- planning, getting planning consent and things for, for masts is very difficult. And densification of the same in, in urban centres where you're kind of adding extra in to increase the capacity. And that's mm, a yeah. particular problem in places like London, actually. Mm. So, obviously, the UK government, razor sharp, you know, right on it, decided, aha, you know, having good mobile coverage is going to be very important for, uh, you know, commerce and communications and building communities and Ah. all this kind of stuff. And, you know, this is very important. That's encouraging. So they got their best people on it. And uh, the culture secretary, hang on a minute, I hear you think, culture secretary, yes, uh, for, for for reasons mostly involved with the fact that the UK government is completely nonsensically were, were uh, organized the culture secretary has responsibility for this and uh, what's from mobile uh, for for this area of coverage and respect uh, regulation and okay that sort of thing. right um 
That uh, makes a lot of sense. Well, just let, let it pass yeah, because on, he's, he's also a man who, when he got the job, said he'd never been to the theatre before. So, you know, oh, he's yeah. a culture secretary. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a, 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 probably a fine gentleman called Sajid Javid. And um, this week, so he announced this fantastic plan uh, to to um, to alleviate this problem. Right. And he said, that's very important and we've got a plan. And the plan is to force the mobile operators to engage in a scheme called national roaming. So yeah. national roaming, uh, actually it's, it's used in the States sometimes, but the idea is that when you go abroad, your phone hunts around for networks you're entitled to use yes. and then jumps onto one and works. And the idea of national roaming is that if you lose connection to your main operator, it hunts around and it picks another network. And what the government was going to propose you to do was saying if the mobile operators can't come up with a solution to fix these gaps, we're going to force you to accept other people's customers onto your network. And my problem, my rant, is that that is not just a terrible idea. It actually makes everybody's service worse. But because they haven't taken proper advice and because they are trying to centrally impose a solution rather than actually letting uh, innovation and entrepreneurship solve this problem, which it hasn't, by the way. Well, but the you, that, that's why they're having to do something, by the way. But can I put my consumer hat on and go? Ooh, yeah. Actually, it sounds rather fantastic being able to use every network in the UK or all two of them. Well, it it it, it does it does it does sound fantastic. Well, there's only two physical networks in the UK now because they okay. all share. Fair point. It does it does sound fantastic, but then if you think about the the huge battery impact that it has on the device when it's when it's hunting around all the time, the whole hunting and roaming process is incredibly intensive on the phone, but it also lags well behind your movement. But my my rant was all of this information, all of this terrible idea, uh, you know, all this information was available to ministers but they've decided not to you know not to take advantage of the information that's available and we've now got people who not only don't understand the technology and let's face it you can't be an expert on everything but don't even use or care enough to take good advice you know from from the experts that are available to them and they're making now decisions about national infrastructures which are really important and valuable and there are so many opportunities but when you apply this sort of old-fashioned, I'm going to force you to do this kind of uh, attitude, what you do is you make everything worse for everyone and you don't actually yield a better result. Isn't this just uh, saber-rattling just to get Vodafone Lord 2 to actually do something? Well, I suppose it could be. But you know what actually scared me? Quite apart from the technical hurdles, which theoretically you could overcome, it's actually a really poor regulatory framework to have because what happens when there's basically no... Uh, impetus for networks to invest in certain network areas because where there's no coverage why would you bother investing in the network you actually want to invest in the areas where you can pick up other subscribers um, because one assumes there will be a cost benefit to having someone roam onto your network and so it means all the network investment ends up being in the urban areas or in the dense areas of denser population i think you're making the same mistake that yeah. all the commentators and the reg and, and the and the industry bodies made oversimplifying well no you're starting to argue about the detail you're starting to argue about well how could we you know this idea of national roaming well how could we make that work you know if we allow our minds to be closed in on just this one idea mm. how can we tweak these little details to make it work so well, are you, well you know, what's the solution it's, it's absolutely appalling it, it, it is but what other ways might you be able to uh, improve this you know 
so we mentioned planning. Wait, hold on, but you said in, innovation, yeah. which is absolute nonsense. These operators haven't innovated since what nineteen eighty. But you could make plan, uh, you could make planning you could make planning okay, e- nineteen ninety five. You, you could make planning easier. You could work with the. You could oh, wait work, a minute, that's a daily mail nightmare. That is open up more spectrum. You could open up more spectrum. Right. You Re- refarm some of the existing GSM spectrum in a more well, wait efficient a minute, that's way. That would be great for rural areas. You could, they you, have, but not to. An, they're limited because of the government regulation. They haven't allowed them to do it properly. You could let communities set up their own cell sites and create community cells like they do with rural broadband projects and things like that. I mean, all of those ideas are just the ones I can think of, and I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to come up with the answer. But So my point is, what's more likely to get you a good result as a consumer? And you can have the government mandating one particular solution. Yeah, which when the market isn't with. working, and that's the benefit of having a government. The market isn't working. Yeah. It clearly isn't working, right? Yeah. I get on a train and it used to work. I used but to be able to you, speak to people you are, when the train went above 30 miles an hour. But, I can't do that now. But, but again, you're making the mistake yeah. of arguing about a specific, you know, this answer or that answer. Yes. What I'm saying is it might be, you know, I could, I could, my personal view could be wrong. And it could be that what the government is, is suggesting it's going to mandate is the right answer. But it hasn't gone out and consulted and had the industry and consumer groups and everybody who's interested say, oh, yeah, this is the best for everyone. Mm. They've just come up with an answer which has, has a universally been criticised yes. and, and they're threatening to impose right. it. See, I think the strategy here is yes, Prime Minister style, right? Okay, it's basically um, send the story out because Vodafone, O2 and Telefonica, et cetera, and 3, of course, uh, well, I've been at various different government meetings where I've said, there's no way we're doing X, Y, and Z. It's too costly, blah, blah, blah. So this this chap or the, the civil servants are going, all right, you know, just stick it out in the press and, and scare the wits out of the, the commercial organizations who are thinking, oh, geez, we might actually have to do this. So let's quickly fix well, the, the, So hopefully the, they'll, they'll come up with a the only pro- themselves. The only problem being that whilst I think you are an incredibly smart man, and I enjoy, Thank you. I enjoy Thank much you. Let's of stop it there. Thanks very much. So that's the end of the... <laughs> I, I enjoy much of the time we spend together. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that if you can see through that kind of plan, then yeah. the networks will be able to see through that kind of plan as well. Yeah, yes, but the risk is it's like um, banks with regulation, right? You just you can't take the risk that it might actually be serious. I think politicians need to recognise that telecoms and ICT infrastructure is just as valuable as roads, electricity networks, all the other stuff that they is treated with absolute kid gloves. If you if you say that, if that's the reality, why is it so rubbish now? Well, it's, it's it's that bad that clearly no one's been paying any attention to it before, and paying some attention to it right now isn't really helping anybody, is it? But I think you, they've got to recognise it as important, and yes. they've got to and they've got to go at, they've got to go out and become advised and knowledgeable about it in a way that they're not. I think you're you're spot on here, Ben. It's a excellent rant. I wonder why it happens. I mean, is it because people use technology mobile day in day out? They feel able to comment on it. I mean, because it's the equivalent really to because I drive on the motorway every day, I can plan the best way for a road to go, which clearly most people can't. I, I think it, it could be over familiarity, but I think it also could be uh, maybe contempt. Glamorous? Well, I think well, I think maybe contempt is a strong word, but I think well, sort of lack of respect for the fact that I, IT is just a niche thing and the people who are making a fuss about this are just people who have a, you know, a particular special interest mm. and actually really 
um, you know, it, it's more important than that now. It's part of the critical national infrastructure. So, is your policy to vote for Russell Brand, the comedian? Well, actually, I, I'll be starting my own my own. We know stuff about technology party. I think, and when okay. I come when I come to power, you 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 two want to watch it. Well, well sure. I'll carry your briefcase. Excellent. Can, can I be co-opted? Exactly. Well, Rafe Blanford could be co-opted. Whatever that means. Okay, yeah. we really need to wrap it up there. Yes. Um, thank you very much for your time, guys. As ever, all. a I'll pleasure a pleasure to speak to you. Um, no doubt people will be disagreeing with us and the correct place to disagree with us is either through email and you can email us via the website as a contact form on 361podcast.com or you can go to the uh, individual uh, post for this site and there's some comments below please or is there an office 365 shared document collaboration thing there is but i, I refuse to but no one uses it. i refuse yeah. to read it yeah exactly so leave us comments send us an email thank you very much we've got uh, you know after every episode now we get loads of great comms and, and mm. email is particularly popular i think for people listening on their mobile so don't be afraid to send us an email uh you can also talk to us on twitter at 361 podcast and we will be back next week bye-bye